Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're joined by Zola, all the way from Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. This is a really insightful episode. Mongolia has been on my mind since I read Dinosaur, The Dinosaur Artist back in 2019. So this book is about the story of the inner workings of fossil hunting and paleontology. The United States is one of the only countries in the world where whoever owns the land the dinosaur fossil is found on, they own the fossil. And in other countries, the state owns it. Most countries, the state owns it. So this huge uh, Tarbosaurus batar, which is like a cousin of Tyrannosaurus rex, was up for auction in New York. But that species is only found in Mongolia. So like how did the question is like, how did this dinosaur come up for auction here? So the book follows the story and uh, it made me more aware of Mongolia and the landscape and the geography. You have the Gobi Desert. It's a very fossil rich country. So I wanted to learn more. It probably has some of the most unique culture of any country in the world. So much history with Genghis Khan and the Mongol Empire. It's a large country, but it has a small population. Um, this like nomadic culture still exists as it has for centuries. And it's uh, really fascinating. The architecture in the capital is so contrasting. Like it's like 18th century Buddhist temples and like 20, 20th century communist buildings. Really interesting. So um, we're talking to Zola today to learn more about Mongolia and the culture there. Zola is a tour guide and is an awesome person to talk to. She's really cool. You can follow her on Instagram at Zol underscore adventures. Get ready. We're going to explore another part of the world. Let's begin. Welcome to Rich Conversations. This will be another great episode. We are chatting with Zola from Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Welcome to the show. Love everyone. Thank you for inviting me for this show. So I'm very excited to talk with you about Mongolia and things you want to know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a very curious person, so I have I have a list of questions here prepared to, to ask you. Uh, well, the first thing, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Oh, yes. So uh, I'm Zolo. I'm a professional tour guide and a travel designer, photographer, drone addict, and most importantly, I'm an uh, intrepid traveler. So uh, I've been doing guiding tours in Mongolia for many years, more than 10 years. So it's my passion to meet with new people and explore the things and uh, visit the nomadic families and spend time with the people from different culture. It's also cultural exchange for me too. So uh, during this uh, COVID time, the uh, in-person experiences are limited because the borders is closed. So yeah. I'm doing also, uh, online um, experience that I connect with the people on Zoom and share the uh, daily life of Mongolians living in traditional Mongolian house called the uh, gear, or you might know it as a yurt. And okay. I do these kind of online experiences during this time. So, 
Yeah, I, I noticed that. I was looking at uh, <laughs> last night, I was just browsing like flights to Ulan Patar, and it's like blacked out. Like you can't can travel there right now, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, very soon, our country is opening um, for tourists without quarantine. If you okay. have uh, two shots of vaccine, then you are free to come and visit Mongolia. It's uh, from 15th of October. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty close. We're recording this on the 12th for those that are listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can, can you give a brief history of Mongolia for listeners and viewers and like what big historical events are taught in school? Mm -hmm. So uh, our country has 800 years of history. Uh, back in 13th century, the um, Man of Millennium, a great leader called Genghis Khan, we call him Chinggis, founded this country and named the Great Mongol Empire. He uh, united all the separate tribes in Mongolia and then conquered China, Turks and Persians and even India. So um, after his death, the uh, empire continued to grow for 150 years. So his empire was the same uh, size of Africa continent. At oh, jeez. Yes. Huge. <laughs> it's huge, right? <laughs> so uh, that was the um, prosperity of uh, Mongolia that we are proud, always uh, proud of uh, Genghis Khan. You can find the beer, international hotel, restaurants, and um, airport golf club named after Chinggis. Yeah. Yeah. Mongolia. And uh, then there was a fall of uh, this Mongol Empire and we were conquered by China for uh, 200 years. And then uh, we were also under the uh, communist communist control for about 60 years until 1990. And and so um, 2021 is the 100 years of anniversary of uh, independence of um, our country and it's been awesome it's been also 30 years that uh, we are in democracy that we elect our people leaders and the free market that has changed so many things especially the way of our life the nomadic life uh, forced many people to move to the city and uh, pursue the city life. So we, all, we have only 3 million people in Mongolia, but half of us live in the city uh, where I live in Ulaanbaatar. Okay. So I live as a nomadic herder or live uh, in the town. And a quarter of Mongolians live uh, as a nomadic herder in a yurt and move four to six times in a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's it's so fascinating. Like, uh, one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on is, is like Mongolian culture to me seems so unique compared to like the rest of the world. And like, historically, there's so much that has happened. Um, and like the, the architecture in the capital is really interesting. It's like, it's like, there's these temples that are very unique uh -huh. and ornate. And then there's like, the buildings oh, that were obviously constructed during communist rule and yeah yeah it's yeah. it's like so wild and um i was telling zola before before we recorded that 
I, I read this book called The Dinosaur Artist. Um, for those listening, you already know that I'm a big fan of dinosaurs and uh, paleontology. And in the world, there's only certain places that you can find like dinosaur. Well, you can find dinosaur fossils everywhere, but like the big expeditions happen in terrain that is dry and exposed. So a lot of desert climates. Um, right. And Mongolia has the Gobi Desert there. And uh, I read this book called The Dinosaur Artist. A lot of the book takes mm -hmm. place uh, in Mongolia. There's this like T-Rex cousin named uh, Tarbo Tarbosaurus Batar. Uh -huh. And so yeah 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 so um so it was cool to learn more about mongolia in that book and uh uh yeah that's why i'm i wanted uh, to talk to you more about it can you describe the like the geography and the terrain and that like climate of mongolia right so our country we have a varied uh, landscape so the only thing we are missing is ocean. It's the, one of the largest landlocked countries. So in the West, we have a snow-capped mountain. In the South, we have a, one of the largest desert. A part of the desert is located. It's second world uh, largest desert after Sahara. And then we have a green valley river, elevated part of the country in central and northern part, right? Because it's so close to Siberia, right? Yeah. And Eastern part is a kind of flat plateau. Mongolian plateau is just there. You can see hundreds of kilometers without any obstacle uh, that we call it step. Okay. So uh, it makes Mongolia very special. Uh, people can explore all of all type of different uh, places, right? And um, of course, the uh, Gobi Desert attracts many people because of this dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> Dinosaur findings, right? So, um, our uh, one a third of the Mongolian landscape is a uh, Gobi Desert. So, meaning Gobi means desert in Mongolian, and this desert is um, not like a Sahara. It has a uh, thirty-three different ecosystem. Oh wow! And, uh, only three percent of this landscape is desert. The rest is a uh, rocky uh, plains or treeless uh, mountain hill and uh, and the plants gobi plants so uh it can you can spend days weeks traveling in this uh, area without seeing a tree or a car or even a person so yeah. it's a harsh landscape the southern region because uh, there's very little uh, precipitation 250 yeah. millimeter rainfall a year so it's uh, very dry, but it's also very cold in winter, minus, you know, 20, 30 Celsius. And summer, it's right opposite. So, um, oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this desert is um, where the um, scientists come and dig for dinosaurs. And, yeah. Uh, I read uh, between 1922 and 1930. Uh, uh, the um, American paleontologist, the uh, Roy Chapman Andrews, found more than 100 different uh, dinosaurs uh, in Mongolia, including the first uh, dinosaur eggs. 
So uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah, no one uh, before he found them, no one knew how the dinosaur babies came into the world. So nobody knew it was uh, uh, they laid eggs like birds do, right? Yeah. So which was a very interesting uh, discovery. And uh, he made uh, this uh, flaming cliff, the area where he found these eggs popular in the world. And uh, not only the American expeditions came and explored this area, but also from uh, Russia, Poland, and Japan expeditions. Mm -hmm. Over the many more. Uh, still today, we every summer there are students uh, come from uh, America, Europe to study more. And uh, uh, back in that time, uh, Mongolian people were very conservative, like they don't touch any um, these kind of bones, they believed it was from dragon, so they left okay. it as it. So it found uh, it made it very easy to find these kind of discoveries for um, adventures. It was untouched at a time, and today it's uh, difficult <laughs> to find these, uh, you know, skeletons or eggs. Yeah, uh, on the ground, you know, but you need the uh, equipment <laughs> and uh, permission to do it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a process you have to follow, right? Uh -huh. um, and, uh, yeah, we also have uh, two um, museums in the city uh, displaying uh, different uh, dinosaur skeletons and eggs. So um, it's uh, built by the um, discoverers, uh, by the um, skeletons uh, returned from U.S. So uh, Oh, really? Yeah, they were smart. Yeah. And then, returned by the um, uh, by the people who donated back <laughs> to those yeah, yeah those arts <laughs> so you can see many um these uh fresh uh, well preserved uh, skeleton eggs in museum and even on site if you go to the gobi desert the southern region of mongolia yeah it's oh, it's so fascinating i've seen some of your photos of the mm -hmm. terrain and it's it's so beautiful it's so diverse mm -hmm. in its landscape and uh it's cool what what is the city like then uh the city is um very um interesting as you said mm -hmm. we said it's a kind of mess because our city was built um founded in today's location 300 years ago with uh, uh with the planning of 600,000 people only now the uh, population is doubled already, okay. and we have a mixture of a different um, um, apartment, flat, and uh, traditional houses, gear, brick, wooden houses. Like you can imagine, many people live in different accommodation, uh, from traditional to modern. Yeah. And we have national hotels, uh, glass buildings, cafes, and uh, different restaurants. Mm -hmm in city even karaoke nightclubs you know uh, that you can entertain yourself and you can um also see um some of the um russian communist buildings in the main street called the peace avenue and uh theater um parliament house yeah wow so what are what are the people like uh, people, I would say, uh, we also have a uh, diverse because uh, there are newcomers from different uh, region of Mongolia, and uh, there are very uh, city modern people, okay. and um, most of us are uh, very young, 
the whole population is very young, under 40 years old. Really? So, yeah. Interesting. In the city, you will um, see many young people. Either they are students or uh, workforce, young families okay. in the city. And if you're elder, you would prefer living outside the city. Okay. So okay. Uh, because all the universities are located in this city. That means uh, kids from all over Mongolia come and study here. And then they end up uh, living or working in this city. So that's how the number of people grew. And, uh, but in summertime, yeah, um, people leave the city. <laughs> they change, <laughs> they stay in the countryside and spend the summer with the relatives or with the nomads outside the city. So when fall comes, the 1st of September is a school day. So we have a big traffic and I feel like everyone is back. <laughs> wow. So people, so do, do a lot of people in the city, you said they're young. Um, mm -hmm. Do most of them have families that live in the countryside or are they coming from other countries to study? Mm, uh, they come from a countryside to study. Okay. Their parents or relatives can be in the countryside, but uh, they might have relatives in the city. Is so they their own family in the city. Yeah. Uh, and people, you know. Yeah. How many other large cities are there in Mongolia? We have uh, two more cities uh, that mostly um, has a mine. Copper big factory. We say they are about 300 kilometers away from the city. Okay. Still uh, not as big as this capital. Yeah. It seems like the capital of Mongolia is like where a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, everything yeah. happens. Huh. <laughs> uh, so, in your opinion, what do people in Mongolia value most? Mm. So, um, yeah, based on my experience, I met um, my tourists say uh, um, your people are very um, uh, free, like nomadic people. For example, they change the settlement from one to another, uh, following in search of a new pasture and a season changes, right? And uh, that means um, uh, there was American tourists saying that, oh, oh we share uh, freedom. You guys like to be free in the countryside and uh, ride your horse and to be independent. And uh, I agree with that because uh, our people, as an America tribes, you know, we like to be free, uh, democratic mm -hmm. in our belief and uh, in our way of life. So, um, yeah. So then, I. I imagine besides besides that, there's got to me in my head, it seems like Mongolian people are like tough and rugged uh, in addition to like independent. Is that accurate yeah. or no? Yeah, independent. That's right. So because independent life requires you to be a uh, tough, right? To, um, to be strong, uh, except the nature that we agree uh, step. The biggest force is the nature that we have to adapt. Uh, other than that, uh, we uh, always uh, fight for our freedom. And then they um, relaxed uh, this 
lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. go go ahead. Sorry. Uh, also, in addition, uh, we value the family because uh, everyone wants to have a family, get married, and have a kid. Uh, a small tribe uh, and the growing um, growing nation. We would like to have more kids. So uh, today we give a medal to a woman who gave a birth uh, to four and six kids. Which Wait, you give have... out medals? Medals for yeah. four and six kids? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so it means that you have a monthly allowance um, support from government for the number of kids uh, under 18 years old. And then uh, you are acknowledged mother, right? The first or second medal. Wow interesting can you describe i think for listeners and viewers like nomadic lifestyle mm -hmm. is very uh very like hard to picture in people's minds mm -hmm. potentially can you describe the nomadic lifestyle like what what is the typical typical daily life like what are they doing how do they survive the cold during the, the cold months? Uh, mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so nomadic people is, um, they uh, they live in a portable house uh, made of all the organic materials, wooden framework, felt, and, uh, and um, um, animal skin. So this house, with this house, they move around four to six times in a year in search of pasture. Uh, it means um, we have four seasons and uh, the rainfall or snow is different depending on your um, location, right? And uh, uh, searching for this pasture and herding their animal, they have to move around, uh, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they milk the animal every morning or uh, every morning and evening and process dairy products and eat the meat and sell the meat or um, sell the skin, the cashmere or wool, yak wool, right? Uh, that's how they earn money. Uh, beside, um, uh, yeah, that's the, how they earn money. And uh, they they don't have a um, uh, fence. Uh, they live in the yurt outside. There are hundreds of animals, at least maybe 200 animals with the different yak, goat, camel, or um, sheep, right? And then, um, yeah, you hurt them and um, yeah, you live with your parents or uh, brother, sister, one or two yurts together as a small community. And then um, to move, uh, they use animal or they have a truck. So it makes okay. them easy to move 20 to 30 kilometers. In some uh, places, in some families, they need to move more than 100 kilometers. And um, this uh, lifestyle is very tough because the nature is the force and we have a harsh uh, climate, especially in wintertime, it reaches minus 30 to 40 Celsius. So uh, then uh, you need to insulate your yurt, the portable house with the three layers of felt, and then you need to make fire to uh, keep up the temperature and that's how you overcome winter, uh, lots of snow, right? And in summertime is the best time because uh, no need to make fire. 
uh, light the stove, but uh, you need to process lots of dairy products to earn money or to consume later of the year, right? So that's um, how they live. And, uh, and this is, um, yeah, interesting uh, lifestyle. Uh, they don't worry about the um, job or boss, you know, working time and uh, the, uh, you know, society stress. They don't have anything. The only what they uh, think about is weather. When they greet each other, they ask, uh, have, how was your summer? How was your winter? How was your autumn, spring? And uh, they talk about the animal they lost or they're looking for. Uh, and uh, they talk about the weather. So uh -huh. that's lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle. So do you think, is this lifestyle unique compared to most countries? in especially Asia? Yes. So uh, Mongolia is one of the last nomadic herders living because, uh, for example, in China, in Inner Mongolia, that was a part of Mongolia where people uh, forced to change this nomadism to farming, okay. which means they have fence yeah. where they herd the animal, right? They're, they're no longer nomads, but in Mongolia, you are uh, free to move around, herd your animal, and use the land. And this is the only country. So do you, do you think that's a large part because of your history? Mm, yes. So our ancestors fought for this independence and freedom for 800 years, right? And uh, people still love this lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So you mentioned, you mentioned um, the, the independence from, I'm trying to get this right. So after the 90s, mm -hmm. so after the 90s, it was no longer under communist rule. And so it's more of the free market. Uh, how did that, did that change the lives of the, the nomads at all? Or did they not really see an impact from it? Yeah, it, it changed everything. So the nomadic people during the communist time, they uh, worked for the government. They didn't have any uh, livestock, but the government. And since the 1990 democracy, they can own a um, number of livestock and uh, they can, they can uh, have, a, you know, uh, wealth. They can make money on uh, selling the um, dairy products, uh, skin, meat, right? And uh, they can buy apartment in city uh, for staying when they are in the city. Okay. And then go back <laughs> to the countryside. Uh, they have uh, more access to, um, maybe they have a truck, or they bought a truck or they bought a solar um, powered refrigerator before they could not afford it or it was not available. So it, uh, uh, it gives opportunity for them to capitalize. What is so, solar powered refrigerator? Uh, yes. Can you explain that? So uh, nomadic people, they use a solar um, uh, panel, right? So uh, this panel charges their uh, television and phone mostly because it's quite small. And then um, um, you can also buy this refrigerator solar panel solar powered 
that you can freeze the meat uh, in summertime, right? But yeah. in the past, we had no luxury of eating fresh um, frozen meat because of uh, absence of this um, uh, equipment, right? But now people can eat uh, meat anytime, especially in summer, every day. How many people live both lifestyles of like living as a nomad and then also living in the city? Is that does that happen often or like is that not a thing? Mm, it's not that often, but if you have many livestock like uh, above um, 1000 or 2000, you can afford buying this apartment. And the reason they buy apartment is to uh, let their kids stay there and live okay. there right? when you're Kids grown up, you send them to the um, uh, dorm, dorm, mm -hmm. uh, dorm, university's dorm, right? Instead of that, they can uh, have apartment for their kids. Interesting. Yeah. Is that how too they get they get their products to market? Is by by like putting it in the city? Is the city the big port that um, transports the products outside of the country or? Uh, which products? Like uh, the dairy products, the meat products, uh -huh. fur, okay. is that? Mm -hmm. um... Well, uh, they sell it regionally okay. or you need to uh, bring them all the way to the city. So they might live far from the city. So it's better to sell it regionally. There okay. are traders who visit these uh, provinces and buy everything at the flat oh, price. Okay, that makes sense. And they transport it <laughs> to the yeah. city okay because interesting. In the city everyone loves meat uh, our food is uh, has lots of meat and still in city it's the case so it means um there are many uh, consumers who without the yeah. animal eat this meat right mm -hmm. what what colors and sounds do you see most or hear most as well Mm -hmm. So, uh, what color? We see lots of uh, blue, white, and uh, green, because blue is the uh, symbol of uh, blue sky that we admire every day. Uh, you can see the clearest blue sky in Mongolia, and uh, white is the symbol of um, good heart, like milk. Okay. We like to use it. And then um, green is the uh, grass right so it feels refreshing and then uh, we like to use it can you see the stars really well in mongolia yeah even in city you can see them and uh in the gobi the southern region is the best place for stargazing oh man i spent all night uh, later is better for you uh stargazing even the moons look amazing yeah Huh. So, so the colors you see kind of represent the nomadic lifestyle in a way, the big sky, uh, the dairy and the animal mm -hmm. products, and then the grass, which feeds the animals. Yeah. yeah cool. Very natural <laughs> colors. What, and what does the, the flag stand for? It's a very unique looking flag. Uh huh. So our, uh, flag has a uh, three stripes with the blue, red and blue color so uh the blue of course is uh our blue sky right 
-hmm. And red one is the symbol of um, growth and uh, prosperity, freedom also. So it's more, uh, it was like a communist flag, but the most important uh, symbol of this flag is the yellow symbol called the Soyamp. It was invented by the first religious um, leader of Mongolia, saint, back in 17th century. So it's uh, part of this um, um, letter. And uh, this Soyamp letter has fire on top, representing uh, four times, uh, three times, uh, sun, uh, three, uh, three times, past, present, future. And then we have a sun, moon, that is uh, the earth, like a sky. Then we have uh, the um, uh, uh, rectangle, uh, which represents the um, sharpness as a arrow. So then we have a uh, two column for protection for firmness. Then inside we have a uh, yin yang, the pair of fish uh, overlooking. I'm showing it right now for viewers as you're describing it. Continue to describe it. Yeah, so uh, the yellow thing is called Soyan Bride. So we have arrow to column for firmness. And then we have uh, yin yang, the pair of fish for protection and for um, peace of this country. So two red, yeah, red, red is um, uh, freedom, freedom and prosperity. So that's our uh, Mongolian flag. <laughs> Soyom makes it very special. Yeah, it definitely does. How do you say that? Soy, soyom? Soyom. 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 Yeah, so, and the yin yang and yeah. yeah. What, what are the spiritual beliefs in the country? What do, what do people, yeah. There's a lot of like yeah. spiritual history in the country throughout the ages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So originally we were a shamanic people, uh, believed in the Tingarism, the blue sky and, and the natural uh, soul and spirit. And uh, then uh, from 16th to 20th century, there was an um, introduction of Tibetan Buddhism to Mongolia. So uh, okay. that time, we built uh, hundreds of monasteries, temples, and um, lots of men became a monk. So um, we still have those uh, monasteries, some of them ruined, restored uh, under the communist era. And uh, yeah, so this um, symbol was invented by the first religious leader of Mongolia, who was a great artist and a monk, right? So um, from that time, we had a nine religious leader of Mongolia uh, leading us spiritually uh, <clears throat> while we were uh, ruled by China, right? So the first uh, two um, leaders were from Mongolia, the rest were Tibetan people. Okay. Tibetans. So uh, we allied with the Tibet, uh, choosing the uh, leader of each country. So Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama is a Mongolian name, Mongolian word. Dalai is ocean endless. So that's what name we gave to the leader of Tibet. And in return, they chose our leader. So that's how we had very good um, touch with the Tibet. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. 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 Wow. From 17th wow. to 20th century. And yeah. Huh. Interesting. So it means uh, a very strong uh, Tibetan Buddhist country, 
It's still the case. So, for example, uh, we check lunar calendar for hair cutting because there are days, bad days for this. <laughs> and uh, we also check these days for um, uh, for wedding and funeral. So everyone marries on the same day. <laughs> oh, really? Funeral, yeah. Huh. On any day, we have to check it, right? And uh, for funerals, we choose um, odd numbers, not even. And then we have to consult with the monk, choosing the date, the day. Okay. For the event, yeah. Okay, so go back to this wedding day. So uh -huh. if you want to get married, say in like 2022, is there like a specific uh -huh. day that you have to get married on? Yeah, there are already uh, days been... Um, been uh, declared as good or as best okay. so you pick those days and every okay. year we celebrate the lunar new year and uh, the date of this <laughs> the lunar new year is also uh, chosen by the monk right so uh, yeah so that that's uh, associated with the lunar um, movement and astrology because this uh, Buddhism is uh, very scientific yeah right wow that's interesting yes. uh going back to the capital what mm -hmm. what are people what topic are people talking a lot about right now so right now um uh just um our president of uh, our president uh initiated a national campaign for planting uh one billion trees until oh. 30. So okay. for nine years, we will be planting trees, right? To reach this number. And uh, this is also a very good solution because our country has only 8% um, of the landscape is tree forest. The rest is okay. barren, right? So it's also, um, we are suffering from uh, some kind of desertation. Okay. So tree is very important. What kind of trees are they going to plant? Well, uh, they will plant um, uh, cum trees, like large Siberian, uh, large, yeah. You said right. Siberian palm trees? Mm -hmm. Huh? You said Siberian palm trees? Siberian uh, large Yeah, Siberian. Uh, it's mostly kind of Russian style uh, trees, and then they have to discuss also, and uh, some um, Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah. So is this this is like uh, what do you say conifer trees? A lot of like pine trees. Yeah, with okay. the with the nut. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> So that's uh, that's kind of a big news, um, good news actually, and uh, it's also uh, we had last weekend we had the election, re-election for uh, for one district, one um, micro district, and outside the city. So uh, due to the um, insufficient number of uh, people votes, uh, there's going to be another uh, election. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, this week.
how do the nomadic people vote? Mm. So uh, they travel, they go to the uh, nearest town. And our country has a very good administration system, which built during the communist time. So the Russians okay. had vision to make our country uh, agricultural state so that means there were small farms and small town village uh equipped with the building uh, people right mm -hmm. so that's in those places meaning uh, we have very good network of this administration and you <clears throat> nomadic people usually um uh, have a motorbike these days so they okay. will drive or they ride horse or camel to get to the place. Wow. We have a reindeer herders people. Okay. That they ride reindeer. Wow. Yeah. What's uh out of curiosity, what's the mm -hmm. best tasting meat in in Mongolia, in your opinion? Mm, what's the best taste? Yeah. Mm, you mean uh, which animal meat? Yeah, which animal meat do you prefer? Yeah, uh, well, um, so uh, I like uh, mutton. Okay. But I also like um, horse meat. Okay. <laughs> horse meat, and um, many men like to eat um, marmot meat. It's like hunting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Huh. Rotten. It has fewer and with very good meat because they pick all the um, uh, herbs, medical plants, more than 200 plants, and eat it. So their meat is very good. This is the marmots, the marmots. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And they, they're like little prairie uh, kind of animals, right? Mammals? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so if, if someone had to spend a week, if someone's spending uh -huh. a week in Mongolia, what would you recommend them doing? Mm. So our country uh, is vast, as I said. So if you come to Mongolia, I would say at least two weeks is good enough. Two weeks? For, yeah. If you have one week, it's quite limited. But uh, what you can do is that you can spend uh, a day in the city exploring and visiting these uh, different museums, uh, history, culture, history, natural history, or um, mm -hmm. Buddhist temple and uh, this uh, dinosaur museum. And then they can set off for adventure in um, central part of Mongolia that requires uh, less driving okay. compared to south. So um, they can drive several hours to get to the uh, national parks where they can see the uh, wild horses called Prezhuwaski horses, or they can uh, spend one or two days with the nomadic family, uh, okay. learning the culture, daily life, engaging in different uh, activities, right? Milking the animal, riding, herding, processing these um, dairy products. How, how, then, accept, how accepting are the nomadic people of like tourists coming in? Yeah, they would love to have uh, someone from a different country, right? And they are happy to share the daily life. It's very common for them to have a visitor, not only Mongol, uh, not only foreigner, but also Mongolian. 
Okay. And then um, you can do lots of uh, outdoor activities as much as you want because uh, uh, you can ride horse, ride a camel, two-humped bacterial camel, and uh, you can go for hiking uh, or even uh, trekking. And camping is also exciting. And uh, uh, when you leave the city, uh, the uh, there is no hotel, but a traditional house, yurt is for you to stay. Okay. So also another experience, very exciting experience to uh, sleep in. And then, um, yeah, so uh, visiting also restored or ruined that this kind of a monastery is another activity because it represents lots of um, cultural mindset of Mongolian people and art, art, because we have uh, those uh, uh, Buddhist tankas, uh, mm -hmm. natural paintings, or uh, beautiful stupas, uh, sculpt, sculpt uh, sculpted by the monks in uh, at least two, 300 years ago. So um, wow. lots of antique and uh, history is there. And um, yeah, you can learn about the history of Mongolia because we have uh, the ancient capital uh, of Great Mongol Empire is still in, still has some um, museum and uh, sites to explore. And we have a big Genghis Khan, um, uh, Genghis Khan uh, statue. Okay. Meters, a stainless steel stu uh, statue for you to visit. You can get get on the horse um, neck and take a <laughs> selfie with this uh, big Genghis uh, Khan's head. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm going to look this so, up right now. Just outside of the city, uh, which is very interesting. And his statue is um, facing to the his birthplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... Oh, yeah. It's Genghis huge. Khan, right? It's this huge. is like it's like huge yeah and uh, there's a small elevator will take you up to the uh, horse neck okay horse, right and then uh, you get to this small small area where you can take photo wow with the Genghis Khan and with his uh, whip <laughs> huh wow uh so how do you, so, so we're getting a sense of the Mongolian culture. What about you? Like, how do you enjoy spending your time? Mm -hmm. So it, uh, I like to spend time uh, outside. Outdoor is very exciting. Like, I like uh, running, um, hiking, uh, hiking to the mountain because our city is surrounded by a mountain and the biggest one is quite close to my house. So I go there and spend time. It's exciting to see the city right from the mountain, not far, right? And uh, yeah, that's how I like to spend time. If I'm on tour, of course, there are many places to go and enjoy. I like to explore new new places too. So, do you take you take tours? You take people with you, and you kind of like show them around the the landscape and everything. Yeah, I do. So. Uh, we travel to the different places and we also have a special events uh, festivals take place for okay. example eagle festival in um, eagle hunting festival in september and october in western part of mongolia or we have a 
Mongolian um, sport festival called Nadam, July. You can enjoy uh, seeing locals wrestling, horse racing, and archery. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have many different types of festivals, and even ice festival uh, when it's winter. Wow. Yeah, so um, that's what I like to do, enjoy going on trips. <laughs> yeah, it certainly sounds like it. It sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to do with that. Um, so do you listen to music a lot? Uh, yes, different types of music. <laughs> what, so what are, what are like three musical artists that you're playing a lot right now? Uh, so it changes a lot. I like to listen to the um, Mongolian um, country songs <laughs> because it's very um, calm and uh, storytelling about okay. the father, family or love you know very um classical music i play and uh, i like to listen also uh foreign songs i like a uh, cold play cold play yeah nice, Coldplay. nice. and uh yeah or um i like uh the uh, mongolian band rock band called dehu so they you... are becoming popular how do you spell that uh, it's a de, just a de, then h u. Who? What's it, what's I'm sorry. What's the first part? It's a de, t h e, de. Okay. Then um, another one. Another one is another word is who. Okay. H u. Yeah. So um, this is a Mongolian musical band musical band uh, playing with the traditional Mongolian instrument uh, together with the modern uh, song. Wow. Modern techniques. So cool. It's very popular in US, Europe, Asia. Uh, they're on YouTube. Okay. I'll have to check them out. Uh, are there like three people or things that have influenced your outlook on life? Whether it be like people books films other art mediums uh -huh. so uh i think first of all i um it's uh people uh tourists mm -hmm. from different countries who is exploring uh, my country with me so i learned uh, lots of uh, independence or different view and travel stories from the people yeah I found how life is rich and how countries are different and how unique our country and people, right? Yeah. So that's something, uh, opportunity to see us through the, uh, in the eyes of other people, right? Yeah. Thousands of people, tourists. And then uh, photography, I love to take photos. So, um, it's, um, portraits and landscape photos I love to see on Instagram. So um, there are photographers, right, uh, who came to Mongolia and take great portrait of uh, uh, people. And then there is a photo became popular called uh, Eagle Hunters, which turned into a movie in, uh, yeah, in eight years ago. So um, 
this photographer, the uh, I forgot the name, but the Irish from uh, Israel. Okay. Took amazing uh, portrait of this eagle hunter's girl, which was very inspiring to me. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't watch um, movies <laughs> much. <laughs> but that one you did, right? You like that one? Yeah, the Eagle Hunters, yes. The documentary movie was amazing. Have you traveled anywhere outside of Mongolia? Yes, uh, I've been to um, I've been to uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia, and um, uh, Korea. Then okay. I visited uh, some of European countries: Netherlands, Switzerland, Italy. What was your favorite travel experience of all those places? And London. So I think that London was amazing to me because it was a hub of international people. Yeah. Great people. Every metro, the underground has designed with a different color and style, which was amazing. And the museums were free of charge. So you can learn a lot with a great insight, right? Yeah. You you like museums? Yes, I like it. What's like what's it. the your favorite museum? Uh, favorite museum in London? In the world? No. Well, in the world, I didn't see many museums. When I was in the London, ones, well, the ones that you've gone to. Let's let's give that. Yeah. Uh huh. So uh, the uh, National Museum was amazing. Yeah. In London. Uh huh. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I want to go to London and go to those museums too. Uh -huh. So cool. And then science museum was amazing, but uh, I was very bad at uh, physics, these uh, <laughs> scientific subjects. So I was amazed how kids learn uh, things, the yeah. airplane and everything, right? And the car, the invention of car, these uh, machines were uh, displayed there so kids were discussing about it but i had very bad knowledge about it <laughs> yeah yeah it's a shame uh, yeah i feel the same way when i go to i i appreciate them uh-huh but i i like sometimes it's a little over my head you know <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> so this last question i have for you What's something you're curious about recently? Oh, yeah. So I'm uh, curious about um, opportunities to um, spot uh, snow leopards. So uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in love of uh, new adventures, right? Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who has been to Mongolia many times from US, she wants to come again but to uh, spot snow leopards. So it's uh, one a third of uh, population live in Mongolia in the mountain areas. So uh, they are elusive, but you can track them, right? So um, I'm curious how to find them and who to work with on this uh, trip. <laughs> Dang. So how do you, how do you track them? Sorry? How do you track the snow leopards? Now, uh, they have, uh, there are some national parks that put uh, uh, the uh, camera already or okay. some, uh, 
snow leopards have a chip. So you okay. have that have idea where they are. And then uh, there will be a rangers who have uh, better data or info. Okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks for taking the time to uh, spend with me. Thank you for. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to spend with me. It's been really fun. Me too. It was a great opportunity. Yeah, where uh, what's your Instagram handle for listeners and viewers? Uh, it's uh, Zol Z O L underscore adventures. Now, do you take <laughs> do you take all these photos on here? Yeah. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah, and I want to uh, take more, of course, and post more of these photos. So, yeah, I'm developing my skill. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Zola at Zol underscore adventures. If there's somewhere in the world you want to learn more about, from people on the ground, let me know. Message me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Rich Hebron. Or you can email me through my website, morethanrich.co. Have an awesome day and keep expanding your perspective.